Welcome to Hash Time with Navguzi Chuanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chuanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. This is episode 86 of Hashtime with Navguzi Chuanuka, and today I am in conversation with Aomarita. She is at the center of lawyering, advocating for mental health, and also running heart-to-heart spaces. On social media, Alma will slay, give you the good vibes, and also give you the hard truths about mental health. Our episode highlights the importance of addressing pain as opposed to suppressing it, how emotional pain can manifest in physical pain, her journey to rebuilding trust, and what widens the communication gap for the people battling with mental illnesses. If anything resonates with you during our conversation, don't hesitate to share with us on social media with the hashtag HCNK in session. Here's our episode. Auma Rita, welcome to Hashtag with Navguzi Chuanuka. Thank you. It's the first time I'm hearing your voice through a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> These phones are not valid. They don't work. <laughs> so welcome to Hashtag with Navguzi Chuanuka. Thank you so for the person that is hearing your name for the first time, tell us about who you are. So, one, I'm a lawyer. Right. Uh, I'm an author. And I'm a founder of Heart to Heart Spaces, mm-hmm. which is um, a community that I created to help people on their journey to healing with mental illness. Right. And what did you want to be growing up? Are these one of the things that you looked up, looked up to? I always wanted to be a lawyer. So <laughs> you did? I achieved that. What part. was your inspiration um, behind lawyering? I loved reading and I felt like it's the only profession. You guy, doctors, doctors read, I didn't do know they? Math. No, I, math and I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't vibe well. The marriage refused. We divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, I was given him. Wow. At HSC, I attended one class and I was like, I think my spirit is in the <laughs> arts class. <laughs> I could not, I could not for the life of me do this for the rest of my life. So yeah. Yeah. And then, so in that moment when you switched to the arts, did you feel like, okay, so in arts, this is what I'm going to do? Were you always study on your feet? Uh, when I switched to the arts, yeah, I felt like, oh, this is home. This is more familiar. Because uh, for some reason, I found the subjects very easy mm-hmm. and I didn't have to read that much. Wow. <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs> yeah yeah and then the future really it was just clear for you law yeah for me it was either law or nothing wow so 
even when I was filling in my job forms, like I've always been that person who who knows where she wants to go, what she wants. So as people are filling in my care, what I didn't bother. I just waited for you see you. I went filled in my stuff and I was like, me, I'm here to do long. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you know how you'd fill in uh first option, low, second option, mass communication. Did you still have a whole list of different options? <laughs> Yeah. Were we given? Yeah, we were. We were given. So, Did I attend those days? <laughs> so for me, and my first option was low. Second option, low. Third option, low. So if I didn't get it, I was done. But wow. I took the risk. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't remember that form. All I know is that there was a form I filled. Mm-hmm. And then my I had to call my guardian to sign for me as a priest, I think, recommender or something. Mm. And that was it. I don't remember. That was the same form. It was the admission form. And there were options for some? Yeah, there were. Yay. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was too, I was, I was, I was in a state of confusion-ish mm. because that's weren't my thing before. I knew I was supposed to do sciences. So mm. the fact that I had done arts and now here I am, and I'm entering this profession that I find strange. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. So what did you want to be out of curiosity? Be, I, okay, first, 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 I wanted to be a nun. Like, that's the age of mm-hmm. seven. <laughs> then mm-hmm. the spirit died. And then I was very sure I was going to be a doctor. Uh-huh. And then I didn't do, I didn't get, what is that thing? Distinctions. And the doctors were, hey, doctors, ma. The teachers were like, no, we can't take her in without distinctions. Mm. So how about she views into art? And I'm like, so what do people in us do? You know, hey! and then I was told Swasa and, <laughs> and what is this technical term? I'm like, I can't do that. Mm. It, seemed, it seemed to have purpose mm. where you can serve people and all those things. I don't feel like I've done anything though. So <laughs> this podcast is a whole thing. You're serving us. Yeah, but not in law. <laughs> <laughs> the purpose of entering the law was for me to serve people that here I am in podcasting. Mm-hmm. So here you, you were very sure law is the thing and now the heart to heart spaces. How did we get to that level? So we got to that level after I was admitted as an inpatient at Butavika Hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was there. Um, we, I had friends or I made acquaintances. They wouldn't get visited. Um, and then I would wonder why. Uh, and it was because they did not communicate that they were there. They had that self-stigma around what they were going through. And then also we would sit together in the evenings and just share our problems and you'd live feeling better, you'd live feeling like you're not alone. So I decided to do something about it when I got out. So I founded Heart to Heart Spaces. Mm-hmm. And also I wanted people to have that information about mental health and mental illness. Yeah, because if I keep saying this, if I had this information earlier, Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten to a point where my mental illness was chronic or right. is chronic. Right. I would have done something about it. So I'm on a soul mission. I feel like, yeah, I'm on that mission to make sure that information is out there. People are empowered. And at the same time, they 
feel like they have these spaces where they can encourage each other. Right. Yeah. So your admission in Botavica, was that 2018? 18. 18. It's 19. Yeah, it was uh, 19. At the beginning, maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Should have been around March. Because I think I found out in April. Yeah. How long was that? How long did you stay in? Um, it's either one month and three weeks or two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give or take. So before the time of admission, were you ever aware of what mental health is? Yes, before the time of an admission, I was an outpatient. Oh. So I was an outpatient for like a month before I was like, eh, I can't do this. So I had an attempt and my brother had to take me in to be an inpatient this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you talk about an attempt, what mm-hmm. are we looking at? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Trying to end your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a suicidal attempt. Right. Yeah. And so before going into the level of outpatient, mm-hmm. was there any kind of knowledge as far as mental health was concerned? No, none. I knew that I had a cousin who had fought with depression and such stuff. So you like, knew those terms. Yeah, I knew like there was depression, but I just knew it was something that was just there. Like it could affect specific people. Oh, specific. Rich people's children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It affect, yeah. 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 So I was like, ah. Me, it can't be. Yeah, it, it, it can't be. So yeah, that's all I knew. And that was it. Period. And then the diagnosis. Yeah, and then when the diagnosis happened, first of all, I was, I felt like a huge load had been taken off my heart and back because I'd struggled with suicidal thoughts for a long time. I'd had several attempts over time. And for the life of me, I didn't understand why my brain was more drawn to convincing me to end myself mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to work through stuff like other people did. I didn't understand why I was very, very sad and very, very low. I had those very low moods that were so bad. I didn't understand why I had to hope from one relationship to another. I didn't understand that I was scared to be alone because I thought... If I was alone, um, someone would sexually assault me again. So for me, being in a relationship meant that, hey, there's someone to protect me. Oh. I'm not alone. Mm. Yeah. So basically, so my diagnosis threw a lot of light on that. And yeah, I broke down and cried, not because um, I was diagnosed, but I cried because it finally made sense. The patterns that... I had created or my brain had helped me create made sense to me and it wasn't all in my brain. I wasn't crazy. Um, I wasn't dramatic like people had said. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was just sick and I needed help that I didn't know I needed. Right. Yeah. So we're looking at you saying that when you looked at relationships, Mm -hmm. it was more like 
a protective measure for you so mm-hmm. that you do not get raped. Did you say rape or sexually assaulted? <laughs> sexually assaulted. <laughs> <laughs> so that you don't get sexually assaulted again. And I remember you sharing this in Dear Me. Mm. Would you like to throw more light on that? So um, I think I've lived a normal life, like as a child throughout my teenage years, um, until I was assaulted by a teacher um, on my birthday. <laughs> On your birthday. Yeah, so my birthday is a bittersweet feeling. Yeah. Wow. So after that, I started to go downhill. Like, I didn't talk about it. I didn't let people know. Like, it was trauma that I decided to keep away. But the thing about pain, it requires to be felt after some time. So um, my body started responding to the pain. I would fall sick all the time. If it wasn't an asthma attack, it was something else. If it wasn't that, there was a point that was saying my heart was being affected. I felt like never sickness. I, I had it at some point. There was war going on in your body. Yes, there was war going on in my body. And my therapist explained it for me. Um, my body converts emotional pain into physical pain if it's not dealt with. So yeah. it's called the conversion disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was happening for years. And my mom kept saying, something happened to you at this point in your life. I don't know what, but I am certain something happened. But I'll just brush it off. And yeah, I just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, maybe I felt like the more I live in denial, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but finally it came crashing through and yeah it's it broke me right yeah so where are we now in as far as relationships are concerned (laughs) we are learning to take um one step at a time one step at a time yeah um yeah which is hard the the hardest bit about it was me choosing not to date for a specific period and I faced a lot of fear, like I'd see men and I would like shiver and run into a toilet. I would have panic attacks in restaurants. It was so terrible. But like one step at a time. And one of the people that really, really helped me on my journey to healing was my nephew. Yeah, he was so loving. He was so kind. He would get me from my room, take me for walks. Yeah, and (laughs) if a man approached me, he would be about he would like, oh, would like react like he's going to fight them off. <laughs> and then I would look at him. I'm like, you he... just You would just be carried away, my friend. <laughs> he said, you're just five. <laughs> oh, for at that point. Yeah. But he was so protective. And because of him, I felt very safe. Yeah, in the hands of a four-year-old. So I started to heal. Uh, I started to rebuild my trust in relationships, not just with men, but with my friends too who felt like I didn't tell them anything. Right. Or who felt like I was hiding a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. lying about it. Yeah. You know, when you point at that, it, it's not once, but it has dawned on me that what might... Okay, we were both in Rwanda, mm-hmm. <laughs> 2017. And if there be anyone in the school, you were my closest person. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that what are the chances that both of us were struggling with stuff and we just never communicated. Yeah, I know. 
Because there is just one day that you might have knocked on my door. Mm. You had picked, you had come to pick something that I don't remember. But then I was like, you know, you know, seeing someone's image and you're like, hmm. but then I was leaving for Kigali. Mm. And then you just go off and then meet, talk, laugh, and life moves on. So I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Communication gap. Yeah. Communication gap. Would you love to speak on that? I think the thing about the communication gap is, one, we have a lot of self-stigma. People who fight with mental illnesses have a lot of self-stigma. We're always like, oh, it can't always be me who's down. It can't always be me who's depressed and saying, I can't come today because I'm so depressed I can't get out of bed. Yeah. You use the same excuse the next week and the next week. At some point, you feel so ashamed that you decide not to say anything. Um, and then the other thing is um, we do not want to be a burden. The whole time we're fought with these illnesses, uh, we have been told things like, oh, you're being so dramatic or you're being so this, or that you're just bougie and, yeah. Oh, you are bougie. <laughs> bougie. <laughs> oh, you're just... Struggling bougie. is being bougie. Um, yeah, or your ancestors went through other stuff, or like people... Slavery. Most random stuff. So, yeah, so <laughs> we're only supposed to struggle for slavery. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, or the people who have been through us. So when you hear all these statements, over time you start to believe them, and you're like, I really do not want to be a burden. So you cave in and, and find a way to protect yourself. And within that urge to protect yourself, you just stop communicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're looking at all these things. There is no communication from your very primary carers at home, mm-hmm. even outside the home. Mm-hmm. There is no place of care. Friends. Yeah. No one. You're just alone. It it actually feels extremely alone in the world. Yeah, it's it actually does and is. And you find most of us who fight with these illnesses are so good at masking. So good. Like we'll come, arrive and smile and dance will be the life of the party. <laughs> and then we'll so go good. home and deal with our demons. Yeah. But yeah, it's a thing that I am learning to not do. Yeah. So when you are in your fields of fields, you speak about them? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I sometimes blog about them on my blog, Imperfect Perfections. Right. Or sometimes I write about them um, in my journal. So that helps. Whenever I write, I feel like I am offloading something off my chest to uh, another space that can hold it for me. That can hold. First wait, let me drink this. (laughs) Another space that can hold it. Yeah. That is, wow, a moment to digest that (laughs) because it is so powerful. I know the power in writing. Mm -hmm. I know how much you get to communicate. Sometimes words fail verbally. And if you can, if you are able to scribble down things, the emotions get to be in motion in a way. Mm. So, oh, that's a new one. Another space that can hold it. Because yeah. I've seen you creating, for the, even for the people, not just me, even for the people that have been following you on social media, you've been very dedicated 
to creating content in regards to raising awareness mm. on mental health. We have a space of social media that you're supposed to be flawless. Yeah. You're supposed to slay. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to share achievements. What else? What else? And all those things. Just good vibes. Thank you. <laughs> good vibes and inshallah. Is that what they say? <laughs> <laughs> and then you choose this direction. Yeah. How much did it take for you to come to that space? I think for me it took it took me understanding that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to fail. This is your failure. It's not the community's failure. When you're failing, you're failing alone. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that way. At least people can learn from that. At least people can tap into that. So whenever I post or whenever I create, I tell myself, if I can reach just one person who's mm-hmm. struggling or who's going through this, that's enough for me. One. And of course it's hard because when it comes to social media, even with content creators, they're creating about good things. They're creating about, oh, my hair, oh, my clothes. Right. Oh, this and this. How to make money in how many days? <laughs> and your content is like, depression is real. Anxiety is real. Like, even the support system won't be there with fellow content creators because we see on, let's say, Instagram, content creators like make a group. They get to meet each other, know each other, uh, support each other. If I post this, we all repost Oh, now. A mental health there, content. There are such groups? <laughs> yes. Um, I think I'm not a content creator. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nancy, only could depression. <laughs> See your head. See your nice <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you see, when it comes to mental health or mental illness content creation, we are really few because the subject still makes people uncomfortable. Um, there's a lot of stigma around it. So even people reposting your content mm-hmm. is hard because they might say, what if I repost and now people come and ask me, am I depressed? What if I repost and then, yeah, it stumbles someone else. So yeah, the support isn't there. And that's why I was so grateful for the run because for me, I got to find community among content creators and mental health advocates. Yeah. Yeah. So it felt like, oh, all these people are there. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was also surprised. I mean, the thing that really shocked me on the run was there was a whole ministry in charge of this. And I was like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Really? I got to know that this year, before the run, that there's a ministry. There's, um, yeah, there's. Like I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it. <laughs> the people in the ministry that specifically deal with mental health vis-a-vis mental illness. I was shocked. Yeah. The silence is loud mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So when you come as far as community and all this on, and the people that are advocating for mental health, mm. I don't know. Have you gone as far as finding other people on social media in Uganda going as far as that? Uh, no, not yet. Really, not yet. Even for the people that are working in the field? I think I have created connections with 
like people actually work in the field, like with the therapist, psychiatrist, because then I'm able to do referrals. If somebody comes mm. to me and says, oh, we're struggling, what, 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 I'm able to sit down and ask what type of therapist would you want to talk to. Yeah. So I'm able to do referrals, but that is also because I've been in the system for a while. So I know who to recommend and who not to recommend. Hey, my friend, who not to recommend because, is very important. Yes, it's very important. Sometimes um, a patient will go see somebody and they live more traumatized than before. In there, as I have a whole chapter in that, I'm writing my second book and I have a whole chapter. So it's going to be there, us. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. need we need to be included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, for me, there's this therapist that really traumatized me <laughs> and when I talked to someone about it, the person was like, eh, that babe also traumatized me. Then another person, oh. that babe also traumatized me. So when we go off air, eh, I'm going to tell you the name and you tell me if she's the same person. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, I was really shocked because in uh, 2020, I think, the year the last year was 2021, yeah. In 2020, September, mm. I had a major crisis. Mm. I mean, I was doing a lot of work during the lockdown, being present for people, the people that were dismissing mental health, and now they're in the whole mess. Mm. And then coming to a place of self-reflection. Mm. Like, why am I in this space? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Where did this thing come from? And then that's when I dated back to a person, the psychiatrist I was placed with, and she was flat out crazy. That's all I can say. She's, she's crazy, man. <laughs> so that also broke me down because I was like, how does a professional fail at this? They're supposed to be in awareness. And then I was lucky. Mm-hmm. A psychologist called me. She was just checking in on me. And then she was like, there are people in the space mm-hmm. that are working in this field, but they don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so why are they mm-hmm. in this space? That thing, it usually comes to my head. I'm like, so why? Mm-hmm. So you went through school all these years and... Are you serious? Mm. It's just like a lawyer. Okay, I know some, some are thieves anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, was going to be, I was going to give an example. Like, just a lawyer, lawyer helping you break the law. My friend, they break the laws all the time. <laughs> Things that you have heard or that have come your way in your journey of raising awareness on mental health. And when I ask what are the things, I'm going as far as things related to stigma and uh, shutting you up. So um, I will start in segments. The first is the stigma that the community or even Omontuawansi local people have against mental illness. Um, They think uh, you have spiritual attacks or something like that. Um, uh, fun story, there was a time I was going for my review when I used to still go to Butavika mm-hmm. and a friend was pushing me. So I stopped aboard and say, I'm going to Butavika. Then the man immediately said, hey, okay, <laughs> it was just playing out there. And then my friend was like, why don't you fight? Why don't you respond? But for me, I think I was used to such stigma that, um, there are things I decided I'll let this affect me and I'll let this slide. But then the stigma is even in our churches. We don't talk about these things. There are many children struggling and they are packaged that mental illness um, is just 
someone manifesting demons uh just pray about it just fast and then my question to them is how comes when your child has malaria you take them to hospital what's right. the difference you pray for the malaria demon ah. and it goes out <laughs> 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 but yes. some are crazy you'd have to do that <laughs> pray for the malaria demon eh? When it comes to cancer, let's fundraise for the pastor. He goes to India. Ah, like, yeah. what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then another type of stigma I've received is um, mental illnesses. A rich people disease. Um, it's just someone being dramatic. Um, oh, for bipolar. Uh, I have had someone ask me because I was diagnosed with bipolar. They were like, so do you slash tires? <laughs> wow. And at that point, I was like, I really wanted to give a sarcastic answer, but then I was like, Ari, let it go. Like the energy, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Today, I don't have that energy. Yeah, the energy. And then the people who tell you just have thick skin. And for me, I've reached that point of, I was created for the soft life. I don't have <laughs> thick skin. You had it before, though. <laughs> Yes, you heard it before. <laughs> I don't have thick skin and that's okay. That's what makes me special. That's what makes me who I am. So um, you're not going to guilt trip me into being someone else. Yeah, because it's okay to be me and live unapologetically about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because now I'm hearing a different version of the person I knew then. <laughs> and it's very important for people to understand that people evolve. Yeah. I mean, Auma was... Yeah, you have something, she's going to go with it, you know? <laughs> she She's there, she's there. And and now I'm hearing you talking about how I don't have thick skin, I just want to be a human being. Yeah. How do you take care of your mental health? So it takes a lot of intentionality and hard work. That's why I really get angry when someone loses their life to society. They say the person was weak or selfish because I know the hard work it takes to stay for example, um, the food you eat affects you. So you have very, to be very intentional about what you're putting in your body mm-hmm. because your gut health affects your mental health. Mm-hmm. Two, working out. Even when you don't want to, like at least twice a week, you need those endorphins. You need something that will help you at least get a bit of a happy hormone. Right. Three, I take my medication. Uh, just the other day, I did not want to take it. I was staring at the pills that were staring back at me and it took like 30 minutes. You were like in a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, at the end of the day, I have to take this medicine. Uh, what else do I do? I surround myself with people who are who understand me and are good for me. Before, I used to have a lot of friends and acquaintances now I'm very specific. Uh, I can count my friends on my five fingers. Mm-hmm. Like there's a pilot into my life and I can allow them to speak into my life. Right, yeah. right. The right. rest, you can be there, you talk, but <laughs> there's a wall. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, uh, what else do I do? I have the safe spaces, meeting people who are fighting mental illness and talking about it really really is helpful i also go for my reviews with my psychiatrist Mm -hmm. Uh, what else i journal 
I journal, I write. I mean, we're waiting for dear us now. <laughs> yeah. So it's news. <laughs> yeah. And then I give myself time to cry if I have to. Wait, or if I need my to. dear. Because it's very important. <laughs> it's important to me that I cry. <laughs> I am currently going through a depressive episode. And for the life of me, yeah. you know that, that there are two types of depressive episodes. The one where you're crying all the time. Then there's one where you're numb. You can't cry nothing. So that's the one I'm going through. And I'm like, crying, please. <laughs> please remember me. <laughs> Tears, remember yeah, me. Tears, please. <laughs> Visit me. <laughs> Visit me. <laughs> but like, I failed to do that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to when I can finally free those emotions through cry. Yeah. Yeah. Are there moments where you sort of step out of yourself, you know, and then look at yourself in the manner where you are empathetic to your friend or the person that you love? Mm. And then like, you just sort of, in your mind, step out and you're like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah, I do that a lot. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you like thinking about it like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've spoken about sticking with your medication mm-hmm. and going for your reviews and also going as far as the beat of the church. Mm-hmm. There was a period where you know, I knew you for the church person. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up. There's a, the first time you shocked me was sending me a one-hour link of YouTube. <laughs> church. Me coming from Uganda. The internet. One hour on YouTube. <laughs> hey. I was like, you girl, no. No, 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 no. And then you go to a moment. I don't know which year that was. Maybe 2019 still. I don't know. And you're like, I'm done. Okay, these are not the exact words. You're like, I'm done with this God thing. Mm. Can you speak on that? I think for me, first of all, um, the church, the churchy girl of me was um, the girl that put on a facade to try and fit in. You know, they talk about virginity and all those things. And mm. But I didn't have that. I didn't have a choice with that. So I already felt like I fell short on that angle. And then I felt like if I put on this facade and looked like I prayed more than others, then people wouldn't have to know what was really going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think 2019... By the end of 2019, I was still like, okay, good, I get it. And then 2020, I was like, you know what? I need to pause. First of all, I would go to church and people would say all these condescending things. So you go to church broken and leave church more broken. Right. Five times worse than you went in. Or a pastor would be, would just "Ah, just pray about it. It's okay. You get. It's dismissive. In a very dismissive way, or they'll be like, "Oh man, I, had, I once had depression and I worshipped it away." And I'm like, "Sis, depression has levels. You can't tell you you can't have minor depression until someone with severe or major a major depressive episode to just worship it away. Right. And then when they die by suicide, you can't even hold a ceremony for them because." Um, 
what they have done is so unholy. Mm, like mm, balance, mm, balance. Mm. Like what do you mean? So I think I got angry. I got really angry at God and His people, and I just said, "I'm not going to church anymore." And I just the only person or someone I kept listening to was Sarah Jakes Roberts, and I was like, "I'll attend church online." After the service, no one will speak to me. Tell me condescending statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I also started to work on my faith from a true, a more true, authentic position. Yes. And yeah, and that has worked for me. I think it's 2022. I've gone to church once and that was like two or three weeks ago. And I just, From 2020? Yeah. and That's a journey. <laughs> yeah. And I remember going to church. I, did, I just did praise worship, testimonies, and left because I wasn't yet ready to be in a position where I listened to someone speaking to my life. Um, yeah, yet they were not loving the people the way Jesus asked us to love them. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. for me, that, that has been my genuine church. I do my services online, yeah, and I'm slowly trying to go back. Yeah, so if it means just praise and worship for me, that's okay. Yeah. One step at a time. Yeah, maybe steps. And we have this stigma, again, mm-hmm. I would call it stigma, in regards to taking medication for oh, <laughs> for mental health. Yeah, I think. What has been your experience? One of the most, most um, condescending statements that I constantly say to me, uh, you know you can stop taking your medication and pray about it. And I'm like, you guys, I prayed for over 10 years. I wasn't getting any help. And also, God created doctors for a reason. So me, I'm going to use them. I'm going to use every weapon I can to stay. If it's praying, I'll use it. If it's meditation, I'll use it. If it's taking my medication, I'll use it. And then there's also this stigma that if you take your medication, it's a quick fix. Like, oh. it just goes away. No, it just helps you manage your symptoms. For some people, okay, for me as a chronically, mentally ill person, mm-hmm. it will help manage my symptoms. But like, the mental illness doesn't totally go away. Right. Yeah, so it's not like, oh, I'll pop a pill and anxiety goes, never to return again. No, it just helps me manage it. And that's why it's important for me to keep taking it, keep on my regimen, because if I abruptly stop, I'm undoing all the work that we have done. Mm-hmm. And then also medication um, takes a lot of intentionality because the side effects are so bad. Yeah, you have shaky hands, you have nausea, some people have a running stomach, some people gain extreme weight, like I gained weight. <laughs> I noticed. And you know, because it was like six, eight months yeah. since I had last seen you mm. before the graduation. Mm. And then when I saw you, I, was just, I just burst into laughter. Because <laughs> I was like, Hauma, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> because you went from slim to, ah, ah. You're not competing, my friend. Calm down. <laughs> I, I keep saying it's like I went to bed small and woke up. <laughs> I woke up this size. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there's weight gain, there's nausea. Um, the, the side effects are also twice as terrible. 
So for a person to stick to their medication, um, I always say those people are champions and all to them. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Spaces. Mm-hmm. How does someone get in touch? So for now, they use our social media pages. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, we're waiting for our dear president to release Facebook. <laughs> And then we'll be back there. Meanwhile, they are taxing us. For Facebook? Uh, the pages, if you're running ads, it just came out that beginning October, I don't know which date. Oh, wow. For every ad that you run, mm. you're supposed to pay VAT. It's okay, we'll put videos. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look like ads. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how most people reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram. Some people um, call directly my number, yeah, which is zero seven zero zero four ten three five six zero seven zero four zero zero four. Ah, read it again, my friend. Zero seven zero zero four mm-hmm. ten three five six. So they can always reach on your phone number. Yeah. What are two kinds of messages? One for community. Or maybe let me just say Uganda, the Uganda that we live in, and for the person struggling mentally, mm. what is it that you would love to leave for them? I think for the community, it's please educate yourselves about these things. Um, a lot of people are talking about them now, and the way you see it and Google um, Chris Brown's latest song, you can just Google mental health, mental illness, just get to learn about it. Uh, before you cast a stone to someone who's already struggling and who is already standing at the edge. Mm-hmm. And also, it's okay not to be okay. Let's normalize this. And yeah, let's keep sharing. Let's keep talking about it. The more we talk about it, the more we create awareness. When awareness is created, the systems change. When the systems change, the law changes. So... The law changes. I was going to ask you, what are you leaving for this government, man? <laughs> because you have, actually, this is going to come out next week. And yeah. the mental health day, I think, is on Monday. Yeah. So the government, <laughs> they need to check themselves. Yeah, because when the laws change, maybe the 1% in the budget is increased. Yeah, they can be changed, but it all starts from the grassroots, from community and from individuals. Then for those who are fighting mental illness, one, thank you so much for staying. I know it's hard. Thank you so much for putting in the work. Uh, you're doing amazing. And one of the things I've learned is you're more than your mental illness and can do anything you put your mind to, even though it takes you an extra year, you can do it. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My biggest takeaway from this episode is that do whatever it takes to stay. If it means for you to take your medication, do it. If it means for you to pray, do it. If it means for you, if it means for you to go for therapy, go for therapy. If it means for you to pray, do it. Exercises, everything. If you need rest, I think with the way how so fast the economy is and the world is something is always coming up and 
we forget to rest because we want, we want to catch up with what is trending, how fast can we beat the person who is next to us in terms of monetary value or productivity. But if he requires, if you feel like, some of you might have numbed yourselves. So I'm asking you to actually rest. I am now forcing you because it's mandatory for us. As like an, any human being, you have to rest. Even machines crash, man. Machines crash. These are robots, they do crash. How about a human being with cells and emotions and everything? Do take a rest and do whatever it takes for you to stay. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Hashtag Minabuzichwanaka. If you loved what you heard, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag Minabuzichwanaka in your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends, loved ones, and everyone that you believe is affected by the millennial world around us. Do not hesitate to share your reviews and feedback about what resonated with you in this conversation. You can tag us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. We are at hashtag Minabuzichwanaka. Although I, start, I, start, I somehow feel like I should stop talking about Instagram. Maybe that's just for you to follow us. Because Instagram is for slaying. People do not really, I don't think people are going to really tag the podcast in regards to what resonated with them. But on Twitter, our handle is at HTNK Podcast. So Facebook, hashtag Minabuzichwanaka. Twitter, HTNK Podcast. You can also subscribe to nabguzichwanka.com so that you do not miss out on any new updates catch you next week and until then do whatever it takes to stay